0: Witchy and Weird Podcast. All right, all right, all right. We're back for another episode of Witchy and Weird, and today it's going to get extra spicy because we're talking about something that I am really passionate about personally and as a professional psychic. Um, so today we are talking about relationships, twin flames, and romance. So I do want to give a warning that because this is a sp- spicy topic. And by spicy, I mean, I'm gonna come in hard and hot with opinions. My Aries moon is already activated about this. And not just like personal opinions, but like intuitive psychic information that I have seen over numerous readings that I want to share with people and that their guides give to me and all this stuff. But because it's on the topic of relationships and romance, a lot of people like aren't ready to hear it or they don't want to hear it or they're triggered by hearing it. So I just want to warn you and kind of just, I guess, don't look at it as a bad thing. Like If you are triggered by it, um, that means you have stuff to to hear about this, right? You have stuff to heal from this and to learn from this. So don't look at it as like, ooh, like, Amanda called me out. I'm feeling really roasted right now. Um, but also look at it as, okay, so this is where I know the work needs to be done um, because that's kind of a really popular and, and uh common way that we learn we need to work on things is by being in that like triggered, unsafe, uncomfortable zone because you know, the saying, our triggers are our treasures. So We've already talked about that part on the podcast. So let's get into it. I sat down to write light outline notes, and then I just wrote like a whole page of notes. (laughs) Like I said, it's going to be spicy. Okay, so I wanted to start first by talking about the myth of Twin Flames and the One. So a lot of people don't, so let's kind of back up first and define like twin flames, soulmate, which soulmate is also known as the one. Um, And sometimes people think twin flames are the one. So the idea, and there's many different interpretations of this. So I'm just going to go with the one that the ones that I know or the ones that I believe in, um, or that are most common. So for twin flames, the one that I've seen a lot is that you are one soul that is split into two. And so you kind of have this very like magnetic, passionate pull towards each other when you are together in a specific lifetime. And a lot of people look at that as like, because we're one soul split into two, that we're like two unwhole pieces waiting to be completed into one when we meet or get into a relationship with each other um and I've also seen twin flames like the one that I like to believe in is that you are like you do have a special bond but a lot of people feel like I need to find my twin flame they're the one and the problem with that is that it is so magnetic and passionate that it's usually unsustainable it's like those um like, those dangerous, like, elements on the periodic table where it's, like, if exposed to air, it's gonna burn up immediately, so don't, you know? And so that's usually what happens to people is they they feel like it's so passionate, and it's so hot, and it's sexy that they think, like, this is it. So I need to sacrifice, like, going crazy, fighting all the time, feeling inadequate, um, having shitty timing in our lives. Like, usually that's what happens with Twin Flames is, like, wrong place, wrong, right time, right place, wrong time. Your, your sex is really good, but you you cannot have a regular relationship. Like you're arguing, you're yelling, you're getting jealous. Like all of those things come up. Um, And it's for a reason because like your twin flame isn't really like the one. It's just that they're contractually linked to you for a specific reason for you to learn a very, very important lesson in this lifetime so I sometimes think of them as the tower and I've actually had a few clients where I've pulled the tower card when they're asking me about somebody I'm like that's your twin flame because it feels like this tower moment where it's like it is really climactic and really intense and sometimes really irresistible and you keep like coming back to each other but it's because you're meant to learn a very big lesson in this life so it's kind of like the huge reward has like huge risks. So it's kind of like a test, in my opinion, this is how I feel about it. It's like a test that you're meant to overcome. Like, do you keep going back to this person and hurting yourself? um, Or do you, you know, like, learn from the lesson? And sometimes it's a really hard lesson that we have to learn. And like I said, these are my opinions. This is what I've heard intuitively. This is what I've seen from other people. So I'm like, kind of being very transparent about this. I know a lot of people don't even believe in twin flames. Don't even believe in the one or soulmates. And I just want to say like, this episode is still for you. <laughs> um, there's going to be some other stuff at the end. Cause I tend to lean on not wanting to believe in those things either. And I'll explain that at the end too. Um, And so soulmates, defining what a soulmate is. A lot of people feel like there's the one Um, you have one soulmate and, um, a lot of people believe that you have multiple soulmates and they can be platonic or romantic. And I personally believe that you have multiple, I feel like you have like a soul group and it's like a group of souls, obviously that, um, you're kind of like linked with in the cosmos and you'll incarnate over and over again with them. And that's why they can be platonic or romantic. Um, depending upon how those relationships show up and depending upon what, like, the contract that you have with them before you incarnate is. And I'll talk more about contracts later. Um, So I feel like my personal belief is, like, the one where there's, like, only one soulmate, only one perfect person out there for me that's going to complete me is BS, honestly. And it's part of, like, the patriarchy and monogamy that society sells to us. And I feel like it's it's definitely part of the patriarchy because it's an oppression tool. Like, as a female body person who grew up, <clears throat> like, identifying or figuring out what I identified with, but I was, like, perceived as female, um, I would see all over in the media, meaning, like, movies and TV shows, like, these whirlwind romances where it's, like, they finally find their one, the one that can do all the things that check off all the boxes and make them feel a certain way and all this stuff. And it's like, they sell you that idea. And then you grow up thinking like, that's what my life is. I need to find that person. Like, I need to focus all my attentions on finding that person. And especially if you're a female body person, because then you have that extra pressure of like, And I have to do it before I'm 35 because after that age, my eggs start to wither and die off and I'm damaged goods or I'm a spinster and like all this stuff. So I really feel like it definitely is an oppression tool. And we've seen with many other cultures, like other indigenous cultures and ancient cultures, they had monogamy, they had you know, LGBTQ people, and they didn't hate them. So I really feel like it's just part of the whole big conspiracy of the patriarchy and of monogamy, because I feel like monogamy is part of the patriarchy. Um, And so I like to believe that soulmates are more like, that they can be platonic or romantic, because it's just somebody that really gets you that is there for you that pushes you that supports you that you grow with. um, That isn't like, This magical person that's going to solve all your problems. That's really what I believe the definition of a soulmate is. Like, it's not someone who just accepts you for who you are right now and never pushes you to change and is perfect with all of your flaws. Like, it's someone who is going to push you to change and support you and be there for you. And that can be a friend, you know? So, I kind of started talking about this, but now I want to go into like the problems. With these ideas of, like, twin flames and soulmates and the one. So the problem with, like, the one, that there's only one person out there for you, it's kind of like, it's similar to, like, twin flame where it's, like, I'm not whole and I need to find somebody that completes me. Right. So you're already coming in with this, like limiting belief that you're not a whole person. You're never going to be whole. You're never going to feel whole unless you find this person that magically fits your puzzle piece. And like, that just is like garbage to me. Like, why would I adopt the belief that I'm not a whole person, that I'm not good enough on my own, that I need somebody else to make me feel at home, to feel loved, to feel complete. Like, those are definitely, like, oppressive and limiting beliefs that, again, society <laughs> has put on us to make us feel like we're not good enough. And it's like, you should be able to live your entire life on your own and not have an issue with it because you love yourself and you find that peace, that love, that wholeness within you. Um. So there's that part. And like the idea that someone is just going to accept you for who you are, no matter how many flaws you have or how many like bad, not necessarily flaws, like there's something wrong with you, but like bad habits, traumatic, like behavior and things like that, that they're just going to accept you for who you are and never ask you to change, never push you to grow and be better. And they're just going to completely understand your like brand of crazy. I, you know, like that type of thing that I've seen people post like That's just also BS to me because that perpetuates the idea that it's, like, one, I'm not whole, but once I find that person, I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to keep growing. I don't need to keep bettering myself. I don't need to keep learning and changing and healing. This person just has to accept me for me um, despite all of these, like, things. And, yes, you do want to find a partner who does accept you for you, but that doesn't just, like, kind of give up in that aspect of like I love and accept you for who you are at every phase that you are but I'm also here to help you learn and grow you know like I feel like it kind of stops at that point like they're just gonna love and accept me for who I am and then there's no like and they're gonna help me to feel safe and supported or to push me to grow or to point things out to me so I can grow so that's like my whole like beef with that and then I'm trying to read my notes hold on Um, The other part of it is, like, it kind of takes away, like, your free will to choose a partner because, like, this idea that it's, like, the one, it kind of removes your, like, your decision on who you want to choose because... Or it like puts a lot of pressure on it because you're like, is this the right person? I don't know if it's the right person. Like, what if I make the mistake? Then I'm dooming my whole entire life. And blah. And it's like, it makes so much pressure on relationships that it's like, we're not really like asking ourselves, like, do I love this person? Do I vibe with them? Like, can I see myself spending the rest of my life with them for X, Y, and Z? Like, do I actually choose this person? It's like, are they the one? Like, it's like this weird, like mystical, like omnipotent idea that it's like, I don't choose, the universe has chosen for me and I just have to try and read the signs before the timer runs out, you know? And it's like, as anyone who practices witchcraft, and we've talked about before in this podcast is like, your real magic and power as a human is the power to make decisions And so when we remove that idea that we don't get to make the decisions for ourselves, then we see like this, like I said, like all this pressure and anxiety and you're like, you spend all of your time and attention looking for the one instead of like healing and being about learning how to be a better partner and growing and focusing on other things in your life that are important because it's like, this needs to happen by a certain time and I'm going to be alone and die alone. blah, Blah blah. It's like, Instead of being afraid of dying alone and looking for the one, like, take your fear of dying alone and, like, un- like that's a trigger, you know? Like, what is the treasure that can come from it? Like, let's learn and let's heal from that so we are not afraid of dying alone. And I'm going to talk more about this later. Um, It will all tie in. So that's, like, we've seen many people with decisions, like, they choose to get married, they're not in love, they're hiding their true identity, they're lying about who they are, they're staying together for the kids, like, they decided to spend the rest of their life with that certain person. And they, they weren't the one to them, they weren't in love with them for a lot of reasons, you know, like a lot of times. Um, And that's because they chose and that's their choice in this in this life. So it's like, I'm using like the extreme example to show like those people chose. And they lived with their decisions and maybe they were happy or maybe they were unhappy more likely than not. They were unhappy, but it's like, that was their decision and they didn't like burn in a fiery hell for <laughs> like not finding the one, you know? And we see people who think this is the one, and then they get divorced. And before it was like a big thing. And now it's like, okay, yeah, I tried. And I thought that they were and they weren't, you know? Um. So going into problems with twin flames for me is that I think I already kind of covered this actually I'm reading my notes (laughs) that it's hot and passionate and you get too caught up into these like minuscule ideas of what true love is and again I'm referencing like media I feel like for me because my parents were definitely not like so my parents got divorced when I was one so never grew up seeing that my mom got remarried to my stepdad and they're basically like roommates like they don't they don't love each other. They have so many issues in their relationship and they're staying together for the kids type of thing. Like they stay together out of ease, out of taking quote unquote the easier path because it's easier to, to to live with someone that you don't like than to go through a divorce again for, you know, my mom already went through one divorce with my dad and it's like staying together for the kids. So like my, my brother, like he can... I don't know, it's to me, like that idea is really bad because you grow up and your kids see like nothing of what a loving relationship should be. And sometimes they don't realize that. And then they try and mirror that when they grow up and it's just they're looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Um, So a lot of my like upbringing, I saw examples of relationships and love was through media. Like that was the only place where I saw it. And so I grew up thinking, like, that's what love is. Like, they're going to, it's this person that's going to make you feel, like, so passionate. That's going to, like, sweep you off your feet. And and it's so desirable at every single moment. And I'm just thinking about, like, all the rom-coms like that. And it's, like that's detrimental because then you get caught up in these like minuscule details like oh well I feel kind of lukewarm towards them or I feel like they're more like a friend or it's not perfect like that in the movies like I'm not turned on every single time like they must be not the one then and I will say like full transparency that was me this is why I'm talking about this like I've been with my partner for seven almost eight years in October it will be eight years and I thought that about him I was like we have the best friendship we get along so well I can spend any amount of time with him and not be bored we're always having fun we used to even work together in college and we worked well as a team together and when it came to the sex stuff I was like I'm not feeling it I'm not feeling turned on by him I'm not feeling like maybe we're not compatible sexually like all these like things and like what happened was I turned like, my issues onto him, and it was like, well, I've seen in the movies that that's not what true love is like, and so maybe we're just not compatible, and this whole time, I was thinking, like, in my head, like, struggling, like, do I break up with him? Do I not break up with him? Is it right? Is it not right? Blah, blah, blah. He ticks off all of these boxes, but he doesn't tick off all of these boxes. And it became this whole big thing. And it was a lot of pressure. What if I'm making the wrong decision? Then I break up with him. And then I made a mistake and I can't go back. Like, that's what that, this thing, like, I'm speaking from experience, like these ideas, they breed that kind of like disempowerment. And what really was the issue was It's not that I wasn't turned on by him. It's that I had a lot of sexual trauma from sexual abuse that happened in my personal life that I didn't feel safe with any man. I didn't feel safe at all in a vulnerable, intimate environment. And it had nothing to do with him. It was about me, literally not, like my body did not feel safe enough to open up and to be with somebody. And when I realized that, it made it a lot more sense. It was like, okay, I just need to be passionate and tender with myself. And I need to like understand where I'm coming from and work on that trauma slowly and communicate with him. And, and so we can work through that together to heal and grow. And that has helped change like our sex life, you know? So I think that this twin flame, like the one, like it disempowers us for many reasons Um, And so the bottom line is like, there's no perfect relationship that's going to fit off, tick off every box at every moment. And we need to start like realizing that, that there is no perfect something. Like, that's not what relationships are. Like, period, point blank. That is not what it is. And the lies that the media tells you is garbage. And we need to stop believing in them and stop like teaching it to our kids. Or like, if we are going to have our kids, um, like, watch these things, like, educate them about that and talk to them about that, like, just so we're not perpetuating these negative, like, cycles, right? Okay, so what is a relationship? Like, what in my psychic experience, in my intuitive experience as a healer, like, what even is a relationship if it's not those things that we're taught? Like, all that is garbage thrown out the window. Like, what is a relationship, right? So a relationship platonic or romantic is simply a mirror. It is human connection that mirrors things for you. And what I mean by this is the purpose of a relationship is not to find the one. We need to take that idea and throw it out the window. The purpose of every relationship is to mirror something in our life that we need to work on to realize, to learn from, or to heal from. So this is why it can be platonic or not platonic, because we have friends and we like examples would be like, I'm friends with a bunch of really awesome entrepreneur, witches online, and they inspire me to push and to be a better business owner. So that's what the like the most basic internet friendship relationship is is like these people are there to mirror to me like i think all these um witches are like so powerful so potent so magical so authentic and that's because that's how i feel about myself or i want to feel about myself and they're mirroring that for me so the idea of a mirror is like if we haven't already experienced something we can't have it as a mirror so when we're like Uh, oh I wish I was like this person they're so like effortless they're so beautiful they're so this or that confident it's because they're mirroring something within us that we have that maybe we're not seeing and so the idea is like if you've never tasted pizza you don't know what pizza tastes like so how do you know what confidence is how do you know that they're confident if you have never experienced confidence right and a lot of us are in denial about those things about ourselves so these relationships mirror that for us So that's kind of like the positive thing that they can mirror for us. And it can also be negative, like negative in the terms of like detrimental or traumatic behaviors where like we, I think I talked about it before, like we get angry at other people or triggered by other people all the time. And we're like, this thing that they do, like just fucking annoys me. And so the idea is like they're mirroring a thing that you do about yourself that annoys you. Or that you need to heal from. That's where we get the idea. um, The saying that like they're just projecting. Their feelings onto you. And their um, trauma. and, And all that stuff onto you. And they're not realizing it. That's kind of like how relationships work. It's like. If we're not aware that relationships are mirrors for us. And we're not aware of our traumas. And we're not dealing with them. Or healing or tapping in or listening to them. Then we just like spew them everywhere at other people as a way to mirror it. Because if I hate the way that I look, um, then I'm going to judge everybody else's looks. And so we don't automatically see that, but that's kind of like how mirrors work. And so that's why some relationships, it takes a long time for us to understand the mirror or to get the message. And sometimes people just miss the memo entirely. And they go through their whole life, like, feeling like a victim or feeling like everybody hates them or everybody's out to get them because they're not realizing what other people are mirroring back to them. And the other side of the mirror is, like, we what energy we put out, we get back to us, right? Like, we receive that energy back. Or that if you're in, like, the vein of, like, manifestation, like whatever words and energies and thoughts we put out in the world, we manifest those and then they come back to us. So the easiest one, and I can't remember if I've talked about this before, is like I didn't feel seen and heard as a kid. So I kept saying throughout my entire childhood and college time, nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me. I have such great things to say, but nobody listens to me. And I created an environment where I surrounded myself with people who didn't listen to me. Or I always felt like people didn't listen to me no matter what, even if they were listening to me. And so I had to learn that that was a mirror. And my, my boyfriend was actually the one who showed me that I, I, that he was like the mirror for me to show me like, this is actually a projection that you're putting onto other people, that you're putting into your life, and it's not true. Or you can change it, Right. Um, So that's what I feel the purpose of relationships are, any human connection. And so the difference between friendship, like platonic and romantic relationships for this is like romantic relationships are kind of like mirrors on steroids because romantic relationships are are one of the few relationships where we are completely vulnerable and intimate with a person like a lot of friends we don't have sex with which is a completely intimate and vulnerable place a lot of friends we don't live with a lot of friends we don't spend like 30 plus years together with making all of our decisions with putting our bank accounts together with like raising children with so um romantic relationships are like really big mirrors for that because we are kind of like magnifying ourselves in that relationship with that person. We're, We're around them all the time so they can see all of our traumas, our beauties, our flaws, our gifts, everything. Everything is tied in there. And the extra caveat with romantic relationships is the, when you think about it, the next closest relationship that we are that vulnerable with somebody is with our parents or our caregivers or the people who have raised us. Because as a child, you're helpless and you rely on them to help you grow up and live. And that is a huge, vulnerable, intimate relationship. That person or people are teaching you Everything you need to know about the world, right? And so um, I do a lot of inner child healing because I think I've said this before, like 90% of our trauma comes from our inner child, from our childhood. Um, And you've probably seen it. If not, this is the first time you're hearing it. Congratulations. <laughs> um, that people will say like, if you don't heal your, your stuff, on your own, it will come out in your relationships and your romantic relationships. Like your inner child will literally bring it out in your romantic relationships because like I said, the next closest relationship that is similar to a parental relationship is a romantic relationship because of the vulnerability and the intimacy. So your inner child, if you don't heal stuff from your parents with them, from your upbringing, it will try and give you the opportunity to do so with your romantic relationships. It will try and attract scenarios or situations or people who, as close as possible, uh, emulate or simulate um, your parents or your parental guides, and, in order for you to heal. And a lot of, for a lot of us, that is subconscious. We're not very aware of that. And so we're like, why do I always attract men that are like my dad and stuff like that? It's it's for a reason. Like they made it into a big old meme about like daddy issues and stuff. But that's for a reason. Like your inner child is like, we want to heal this. We want to learn this lesson and grow from it. So we're going to keep putting it in your face over and over and over until you learn it. And that's when you're repeating these cycles. So with that being said, we kind of see, I was talking about contracts in the beginning. And so in this way, when we're seeing it as like every relationship is a mirror for us, is a way for us to learn more about ourselves, to, to highlight things that we maybe haven't healed or were putting off or things that we were unaware of that needed to be healed or things that are amazing about us that we were missing, that we were not looking at and avoiding. When you look at relationships like that, it takes a lot of the pressure off of instead of, I need to find the one, why am I wasting my time in this relationship with this person? It's like, actually every single relationship that you have teaches you something. And if we can learn, if we can look at relationships that way, it, it makes it a lot easier and it and it makes it a lot better, in my opinion. Like, I would prefer that that belief um to like oh is this the right or wrong person it's not about right or wrong like i said it's your decision if you want to be with them you be with them it's not right and wrong you're not being right and wrong you have the power to decide what you want to do and if we're looking at it in terms of like i'm learning so much from this person i'm getting so much out of this relationship so much value this person is supporting me so much while i'm healing then why would I need to leave? Because I'm not sure if they're the right or wrong person. I'm not wasting my time then, because it's not about the end goal. It's about the the journey, the experience that we have from from being with them, and what how we can change as a person, and how we can help them change as a person to to if they want to change, obviously. Um, to like heal and and be better and grow and uncover who they truly are, to like unlearn all of that trauma and stuff. Right, that's what we're doing with each other. So I prefer to see it that way. It makes relationships a lot easier, a lot more meaningful, a lot less pressure. It gives us back our power and autonomy. And then we're not like freaking out, you know, (laughs) as much about them. And so in that idea, I talked about contracts. And contracts, it's like some people believe in this, some people don't. I, I, I believe in this. So the idea is that before we incarnate, our soul has all these contracts that it makes. Like we have a big life contract of like things that we're going to do in this lifetime. But every single person that we come in contact with has a contract with us. Like We were meant to come in contact with them for any given reason. And this isn't like taking away your free will. Like, I don't believe in that, but it's, it's about like, we're supposed to meet with them for a reason, to learn a lesson, to have that something mirrored to us. Right. And so we're given that opportunity and we don't have to learn the lesson. That's what a lot of people see in this lifetime. Like we just spend the rest of our life with that person. And we never learned that lesson to stand up for ourselves, to, to put ourselves first, to not settle or we just keep going back to that person who uses us or who doesn't want to like be serious with us and just wants to like fool around. Like that's maybe a lesson that we were presented via the contract, but we never learn it. Right. So in that vein, it's like, we all have contracts. And when we look at relationships that way, it's not really about like, um, oh, I wasted my time five years with this guy. And we didn't get married. And now like, blah, 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 like five years of my life, I could have been looking for the one for my husband. It's like, instead of that, it's like, well, I was with this person for five years, and we had a really meaningful relationship. And we learned a lot of things about each other. I learned a lot of things about me, I grew, I got to explore, or maybe we had a really shitty breakup. And I learned a bunch about myself in terms of what I never want to do again and and my boundaries and how strong I am you know like there's so much different things that we can learn and then our contract was over and that's why I finally fulfilled uh, the lesson that I was supposed to learn from that person and then now it's done like not every relationship needs to be for marriage it can be for learning a certain thing like getting to a certain point in your life like there's so much more that we can get out of it, and it makes our lives and our relationships with e- with each other human, each each and every human, um, more meaningful, in my opinion, than just like, oh, are you gonna marry me? No, okay, bye. Like, there's still lots of nuance and meaning in life that we can get from these. Um, so, with that being said, I wanted to come circle back to the idea of us not being whole and waiting for somebody to the Mr. Right, right, like the right person to come to us. Um, This kind of idea, like I saw somebody on TikTok describe this in like a really, like I've been getting this download to share with my clients when I do readings for (laughs) like a while now, for over like years. And so I saw this other person on TikTok say it, but like way more eloquently. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, yes, this is what I've been trying to tell people, but I'm just not saying it this cool. So I'm going to like paraphrase what they were saying, um, because I feel like it hit better when they, the way they said it than the way that I try and say it. And basically they were saying like, if you feel like you are one half of somebody waiting to find your other half. Again, these this language, we hear people talk about that all the time when they speak about relationships and it's like language, spells are words are spells, language is a thing. So removing that kind of language from your vocabulary, right? So we're looking for our other half, right? Um, our better half, like all these ideas. That's kind of like to like the way that the lady was saying, she's like, that's shitty. Like, why would you want to believe that you're not a whole person? And also, like, why would you want to like give somebody like half a person like you get into a relationship you're like hey just want to let you know I'm half a person like what the fuck what does that even mean like how do you even like we don't have like half people walking around so how can you be half a person right like you're not whole you're not like complete yet like if this person is not the one then you're just saying like I'm just this weird piece that doesn't fit properly with you and I'm trying to force it to see if it works like that's so unappetizing to me. Like, I wouldn't want to be with somebody who has that belief of, like, I'm not all I can be. I'm not good enough yet. I'm not my full potential, like, and, like, selling it in that way, like, straight out the gate. Like, there's a difference between, like, I want to be that, I'm working towards that, like, I'm trying to do that, then, like, I'm just waiting for that person to solve all my problems, right? And in that kind of idea, then we're not thinking about what I always tell my clients. And this is the part that most of them are not ready to hear. Like, they will come to me with a love question like, should I get back with my ex? Should I reach out to that crush again? Like, should I stay? Is my marriage gonna succeed or fail? Like, Am I am I worthy of being with this person like they cheated on me should I take them back like all of these things like people come to me as a psychic for all of these questions and you know like they're probably not ready to hear this or they some of them are thank God Um, but it's like you're looking for someone to like give you the answer right to solve all your problems which is the same idea as I'm looking for the one right and so they come to me to try and give them, oh, this is the right answer. Just pick this right answer and everything will work out for you. When in reality, it's like their team, their spirit team, their cosmic team or ancestors have sent them there so that they can hear this lesson reflected back to them that they need to learn. Because in reality, it's not about, oh, should I do this or should I do that? It's like your, it's your decision. Only you can make that decision based off of what you want. I can't tell you. Oh, this is going to be the best, like the right answer, no questions asked. But I can show you if you choose this, this is what's going to happen. And if you choose that, that's what's going to happen. And you make the decision. But what I'm, what they bring me, what their guides bring them to me for is like to highlight. Usually it's like a childhood trauma pattern that's being brought to light or like, um, like, a generational, like, ancestral pattern that they're, like, living out over and over and over again to break. That's more so what I tell people is, like, when will I find love? Will I be single forever? Like, a lot of people come to me for that, and I'll tell them, like, you shouldn't be looking for the one. You shouldn't be um, waiting for the one. Like, what are you doing while you're waiting? It's about how can I spend my time becoming a better lover like I wouldn't want someone who's like waiting around for me to come to them to solve all their problems like I don't want to be somebody's mom like I don't want to have to heal them and to fix them and do up no no thank you right (laughs) like the idea is like while I'm by myself or dating around or whatever I should be working on me like what can I do to be a better lover? What can I do to be a better partner? What can I do to be a better person? Um, And I'm not saying this in terms of like, you're bad now, but it's like, how can I heal and be the true me more? How can I remove these like triggers and traumas? And so they're not going to consistently come up in my next relationship so I'm not just repeating the same exact pattern over and over and thinking it's just not the right person then it's clearly not me it's somebody else you know like if it's happening over and over again it's it's probably you like you're the common denominator in the relationship not these different people so I always try and tell this to people and I feel like it's hard for people to hear it um and it's really about that like Every relationship is a mirror so that we can see these things and learn from them and not keep repeating them. And it's our kind of like our duty to to be that like dedicated or motivated to want to heal that because... I just lost my train of thought. Oh, my God. I was going to say something really profound. No. <laughs> Dang it. Um. Oh, like, I feel like it's really selfish to say, like, I'm just waiting for the right person to come along. Instead of like, I'm gonna work on me and find like find ways to be a better lover and be a better partner. So when the next person comes around, like I can have a better experience with them, I can treat them better. I can be treated better, right? Like this It's like really selfish to think about like, oh, I'm just going to wait for this right person to come along and there. I don't need to do anything like to rely on the other person to have to fix those things or have to put up with those things or whatever it is. Right. And. um, The other thing is like the same as what we were talking about before, like energy, I always tell this to people. It's like how I was saying, like, if you keep putting out that energy, you're gonna receive it back. It's the same for love and relationships. And I feel like people don't recognize that. That it's like if you're not working on your trauma and stuff that's directly related to relationships or sex or sexuality or pleasure and all and and all that stuff, um, then the energy you're putting out is gonna be whack. Like (laughs) and and like I'm not saying this to insult you, like this is how I was. I was putting out whack ass energy, like I was like, afraid of commitment. I was like, like afraid of intimacy and being vulnerable and all this stuff. And it's like, like, that's the energy that I'm putting out in the world. And so I'm gonna attract people like that, you know, like, you're like attracts like so if I'm attracting people that are like shitty partners that are lying to me that are cheating on me, I'm not saying like there's something wrong with you like I don't want you to think like if somebody cheated on you you did something wrong but it's like if I change my energy if I'm working on my stuff consistently I'm those types of people are no longer going to align with my energy and I'm they're just not going to be in my reality they're not going to be in my purview And you find this like a lot of people when they go through their spiritual awakening, like those friends that they had for long periods of time, like they just stop showing up and you're like, what happened to them? And it's like because your energy was changing and the people you vibe with and the frequency that you're attracting is changing. And that pertains to your relationships, too. Like you're going to be in a different class of like frequency of energy and you're going to be more surrounded by those types of people and attract those types of people And the one caveat with that is if you still haven't learned the lesson and you're being tested, you might still attract the older person from before. Um, And that's kind of like a test. And also when your energy is real nice, freaking like energy vampires and narcissists and stuff are going to be attracted to you too because they're like, "Mm, what is this delicious energy? I'm going to come feed off you. And they might not even be conscious of that. But that's, that's like, not as common or like I feel like really spiritual people or really powerful like intuitive people have that a lot I'm not sure if like regular people I don't know I don't know it depends like how how far you are in your spiritual awakening for that um that's something to ponder but I just wanted to say that that it's like That's what I tell people when they come to me, like, well, instead of focusing on finding that person, how about, like, I see that this is a pattern that you've been going through over and over with your relationships since you started, like, dating. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally on the money. And I'm like, okay, so why don't we, like, you know, find out what the root of that is and, like, heal from that and then we won't be attracting the same people who keep doing that. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, like, I think we're taught to believe, like, it's either right or wrong. And it's like, oh, something bad happened. Um, Oh, this same disastrous ending to our our relationship keeps happening. Oh, must be the person. The other person, it's not right for me. And it's like, okay, yes, they weren't right for you because you were attracting people to learn that certain experience. You know, it's like they were right for you in that moment. They were the right place, right time for you to learn that lesson. And if you don't, then you're going to get another one, just the same until you learn the lesson. And then if you learn the lesson, then it's like, yeah, they're not right for you anymore. You're you're on you're on to a new lesson. Your energy is different. The things you're attracting are different. So that's how I really see it is like everything is a mirror, patterns and cycles are real and trauma, and we should be working on healing those instead of searching for a six foot two tall blonde man with abs like that doesn't really matter (laughs) honestly it really doesn't what we should be focusing on is like how can I be a better partner and how can I like be at the top of my game so that when some when the when the person comes along that I'm like fucking ready for this like I'm like not afraid to get into this commitment I'm like communicating all my needs and you're definitely gonna attract it's kind of like that weird, like catch 22 thing. It's like, there's no the one, but it's like, the more you work on yourself, then the more um, you're going to attract better people, quote unquote, that are closer to your one, you know? So it's a weird theory. And and like I said, everybody has contracts. Like I didn't meet my, my partner when I was fucking A1 working through all the shit. Like I hadn't even gone through my spiritual awakening when I met him and I was acting out of my trauma I was really toxic I did some shitty things and that's why we have this idea of like the contracts like he we were contractually I really feel like he's one of like my soulmate people so it's like he's part of my soul group so like we were clearly meant to like meet in this lifetime and that's kind of like what our relationship is like he is a huge mirror for me he has taught me so many lessons or like kind of like shown me to myself so many lessons and I for him. And that's kind of like why I met him when I was in like this weird place. And he was also in a weird place. And so it's like, maybe our energies were like, like that, but it turned out that we were meant to push each other to be better. And so that's why it's like important to be open to all of these possibilities because I wasn't the one quote unquote material and and neither was he, but it's like we're learning and growing and we still have more to do. So that's why we haven't learned and grew out of it, out of each other, you know, like, oh, I learned my lesson, I'm I'm on to the next person because this didn't work out. It's like this is where we're at. We're like helping each other still, you know, and that's something that that's that's the the part of soulmates that I do love and believe is that there can be people who are there contractually for long periods of time you know like the person you marry the person you're with your lifelong friend and they're gonna keep helping you learn and grow no matter what so that's all I have to say about that um and if this is hard for you to hear or triggering like this is definitely something to maybe journal about um, to meditate on, to converse with your guides, maybe get a reading Um, if you, like, want more clarity on that. And be gentle with yourself. Like, this is a lot for people to hear because <laughs> relationships are really triggering for many reasons for a lot of people. And like I discussed, there's a lot of pressure put on these types of things. So it can be a lot to take in and be like, wow, okay, all right. ooh, Like, I can see me doing that. Ooh, I see myself doing that. And that's why I speak on this because I was like that. And I I look back and for a long period of time, it was really hard for me to look back at that and admit, like, I was really, like, fucked up. Like, I was not treating my partner with the respect that he deserved. And like, I hurt his feelings. Like, I was the cause of pain for him. But he was like, yo, I'm I'm still here. Like, I want to help you through this. And like, that is not something that everybody will do for you, you know? So that's why we need to, like, work on our shit and not be, like, relying on somebody else to do that Um, because, you know, I'm not saying he was the one who did it, but I'm just saying, like, everybody's going to be there. They're going to be like, oh, you mistreated me, I'm out, you know? Like, that's people's, like, that's how I am now. Like, my boundaries are straight up like that. Like, if you mistreat me, I'm out because I've done all this work and I'm, like, I'm not putting up with that stuff anymore, you know? So, yeah, take it take what you will, take what resonates Um, as always. Like if you don't believe in soulmates, that's cool. If you, um, I will say though, if I do say the stuff about the relationships and cycles and inner child and healing and stuff like that and you're like, I don't want to believe in that. Maybe before you decide you don't want to believe in that part, take a step back and ask yourself like, do I not want to believe in this because I'm being triggered and I just don't want to work on that? Or is it truly like, this does not resonate with me at all. So, maybe take that step first. Um, and until next time, I'm really excited <laughs> to keep doing these um, podcast episodes and to keep connecting with you all. Thank you, everyone who has been listening and who has been posting. I love when you post and tag at Witchy and Weird Pod on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter and we have our Patreon set up. So, if you go to our Instagram, We have, like, our cute little, like, website page. Um, If you're interested in supporting me and working with me more, there's different tiers on the Patreon. And when we get more patrons in the first level tier, I'll be releasing some merch, which will be really cool. And, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, on my personal page, I launched a really cool classic monsters collection of witchy apothecary products that I make by hand. And I'm going to be releasing a really cool like energetic protection, hygiene, learning how to empower yourself and master your energy to like connect more with your intuition and with the spirit realm and to protect your energy um, and set boundaries and stuff. I'm doing like a really cool workshop on September 10th. So if you follow me on my personal Instagram, you will find more information about that. Um, I'm really shitty at sign-offs. I just say um a lot. I'm really sorry. So, <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> and have a good weekend. If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as ninety-nine cents at Anchor.fm/slash Witchy and Weird/slash Support. You can cancel at any time, and hundred percent of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash weird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!